Welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. Today I want to talk about Brave New World. Brave New World means I've traveled for the first time on business in 19 months. This is the longest I have not been on an airplane since 1972 when I entered this profession. I have just 80,000 miles short of 4 million air miles. I thought I would get them last year or the year before. No, no. But I just went to Atlanta and back. I'm about to go to West Palm Beach. I'm doing live events again. So here's my report. At 5 in the morning here in Providence, a mid-sized airport, the airport was crowded. A lot of people in line. Pre-check was open. Sometimes in the morning it's not even staffed, but pre-check was available. We moved through very quickly. The plane, an A320 flown by Delta nonstop Providence Atlanta, was filled. As far as I could see, every seat was taken. There was no breakfast served, not because of COVID, but because Delta forgot to cater the flight in Atlanta. Situation normal, all fouled up, right? There were excessive hygiene announcements. Now, the plane was fastidious. I mean, absolutely fastidious. Have to hand it to them, except for the lavatories. And, you know, people are using them. What can you do? Lavatories are lavatories. But they announced hygiene precautions constantly. Constantly. It was like being a schoolchild. Masks were uniformly worn. I didn't see any passengers without masks, except when they were eating or drinking, you know, there was a snack, a little snack served and you could get drinks, uh, but passengers seemed in the airport and on the airplane to be completely in conformance. In Atlanta, interestingly, some hotels require masks and some don't. I stayed in the Four Seasons and they require masks in public areas. In the Hilton, where I had my uh, actual workshop and which was excellent, by the way, the Hilton on Cortland Street in Atlanta, let me give a shout out, they do a great job masks were optional. We had buffet meals, buffet breakfast and buffet lunch in Atlanta. And my policy is that in live events, I can, I completely conform to local government regulations and local venue requirements. And they set the standard and that's what I conform to. About 60% of my 50 participants, about 30 of them, wore masks throughout the meeting, except when they were eating and drinking. The seating was classroom seating, and so it was uh, socially distanced, really. People could have pulled their chairs even farther away, but there was no need to. The hotel did a good job setting that up. The service was superb. All the hotel personnel wore masks all the time. And interestingly enough, we began at 9, the buffet breakfast was at 8, and 8 o'clock, 5, count them, 5, hotel supervisors, managers, coordinators, whatever, came to personally meet with me and see if I need anything and leave me their cards and so forth. I, find, I found that the restaurants in Atlanta were less than half-filled. Now, it was midweek, uh, but still, I went to one of the most popular restaurants in Atlanta, I think, Preachy's, just great Italian food, and the restaurants were half-filled. Atlanta Airport, on the other hand, was jammed, as always. No difference. Just a madhouse. Crazy. You know, the concourses, the terminal, the trains, just murder. But interestingly enough, you know, I believe it's the busiest airport in the United States, uh, at 8 in the morning... A lot of stores were closed. I wonder if they were permanently closed, but they were certainly closed at 8. I, I had a hard time getting a newspaper. Pre-check in Atlanta took 20 minutes. Pre-check. They had lines like Disney, where you kept moving because the lines were so long, so you had a feeling of progress, which is really pretty smart. And even more interestingly, when you finally got to the um, TSA people, they no longer look at, in Providence too, they no longer look at your boarding pass. Uh, all they want to see is your ID. So I, in my case, I give them a passport and that's that. 
Uh, they don't look at the boarding pass. And I noticed that more and more people are using electronic boarding passes on their iPhones. In fact, coming back, I tried that to see what it was like, and it was flawless. However, at the machines where they're uh, x-raying or whatever they're doing with your luggage, transporting it to another planet, uh, these were brand new. It was out of a science fiction movie. And the uh, TSA agents at these screens, actually with their finger on the touchscreen, could move the bag around in a 3D manner, uh, turn it upside down, look inside it, examine things closely by magnifying them. It was really a, an impressive thing there. And I think, I think it resulted in fewer bags being put aside that were suspicious. So if that's true, that's a great improvement. The plane of back home was again filled. We were served breakfast this time. They remembered to cater it. I had cold oatmeal, which is one of three choices, banana bread and some kind of fruit and cheese. And they serve it in a box, almost like a bento box, if you're familiar with those in, in Japan. Uh, and they give you um, wooden implements, which I could swear are, um, are made of uh, the stuff that um, panda bears eat. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of it offhand because I never thought I'd be eating with them. But a uh, bamboo, there we go. So the implements look to be made out of bamboo. Uh, and anyway, it was a decent breakfast, I have to say. They serve alcoholic drinks if you want them. Again, incessant hygiene notices. In fact, one, on the way back, one of these flight attendants just would not get off the PA because Delta does what other airlines do. They're hawking their own credit cards. It's, it's horrible. You know, just give me some peace on the airplane. Uh, no masks were required by limos at either end. So my limo to Providence, my limo from uh, the airport in Atlanta to the hotel and back again, no masks were required. And no masks were required on um, the hotel house car. Uh, Uber, of course, does require masks. And you have to agree when you set up Uber on your iPhone that you'll be wearing a mask. Most people shook hands with me. And I uh, happily did that. And uh, some of the women hugged. Uh, I was going to hug the women regardless, but I thought it was a bad idea. But uh, most people shook hands. And the women, some of the women like to hug. And that's fine with me. I really, you know, I have no problem with it. I'll also tell you that uh, I got my booster shot uh, about um, two weeks ago before I went to Atlanta. I'm six months beyond my second COVID shot. This is Pfizer. And they were still debating boosters, but I'm over 65. Turned out they did recommend it, but I got it anyway. Uh, everybody thought it was a good idea. Uh, most of all me, I'll get, a I'll get a shot every week if I have to. So, you know, after nine months, here I am in Atlanta presenting to about 50 plus people, and it was like nothing changed. It was like I did it yesterday. It's like riding a bike. And that was nice. That was comforting. So now, tomorrow, uh, after I record this, I'm off to West Palm, and I'll report back from there. It's not a new normal, though, folks, and it's not a return to normal. It's different. I call it the no normal, and I've trademarked that term, no normal. We're living with COVID. We're not dying from it if we're vaccinated. 99% of COVID deaths at the moment, as I'm speaking, are among unvaccinated people. So, welcome to the no normal. Get used to it. It's the future. It will happen again. But as you can see, with resilience, we can carry on. And I, for one, intend to. And I hope that's not uncomfortable truth, because any way you look at it, that's the truth. <laughs>